Good evening, everyone. This is the Wrestling Inc. podcast for SmackDown Live on Fox. It is January 24th, 2020. I am your host for the evening, Michael Wiseman, joined as I am every Friday by the one and only Matt Morgan. We are flying without our wingman, Glenn, tonight and without Raj, but we got Matt here, so we have the expert in the room. Matt, how's it going, man? Good. What's up, man? Not much, man. It's good to have you here. It's glad to uh, glad to have the expert here, the blueprint. You are going to carry us through this thing tonight as we talk about SmackDown. Um, I thought it was a pretty good show. How did you feel about it from top to bottom? Our Royal Rumble go home show. Yeah, it was. It was pretty good. Um, nothing more to really say <laughs> other than it has not felt like they've been doing a good job building to this Royal Rumble this year, right? Yeah. But in a way, the um, unexpectedness, I guess. Or the unpredictability of some of it, I think, is a good thing in a way, too, though. Tonight was a good, uh, decent, I should say, uh, go home, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. It's it's not felt as like big of a deal this year. The Royal Rumble hasn't. But for the first time in a while, it does seem like, I mean, I don't know who's going to win on Sunday, right? So many right. times we come through and it's like, oh, we know it's going to be Brock Lesnar versus this person come, come, yes. come April. And um, it seems wide open this year in a way that it hasn't in a while. Yeah, it's good. I, I think we've been talking a lot about, um, you know, you do you do the Wednesday night shows too, and I do feel like they could have done more to build up NXT's involvement in the Rumble this year, right? It might have helped them out some, but um, yeah, it's, yeah. it's yeah. So, um, but yeah, I thought you know to be a go home show tonight, they did not. It didn't seem like they took the entire night off. Um, so we opened up. We are in we are in Texas, Dallas, Texas tonight, um, and they opened up with. I mean, it was jumping straight to a match. They opened up with a three on three match: Corbin's Court versus Roman Reigns and the Usos. We didn't even get an opening video package tonight. They had so much to cram in. Um, and this was, man, Matt, I don't know how you felt. I thought this was one hell of a match. This thing went 30 minutes um, early in the match. We had uh, Jimmy um, get caught up, and um, he got injured, uh, quote-unquote injured early in the match, off of a zigzag given to the turnbuckle. Um, they kind of played up his knee and his head, um, but a lot of really great spots. And then, of course, for the rest of the match, uh, Roman and Jay were kind of playing the underdogs here fighting their way back into it and really selling that kind of that baby face momentum here. What'd you think? Usos can work. The Usos are Roman as well, but um, most matches with the Usos, if you go back and watch, they're all friggin' really good. Yeah. Um, as good as Ziggler is, obviously. Um, had all the, I don't know, the ingredients to have a very good match, especially to hold our attention for that long. Yeah. I thought they did a good job. I mean, I thought it, I mean, I, I legit thought it was a really good match. I was mm-hmm. expecting it to be a snooze fest, right? Another three on three match. And um, I thought they just made it. I thought the element of them, it was a little bit, you know, play it by the numbers here. We're going to have somebody get injured and then run back out later in the match. But I actually thought it played it the right way and kept me as a viewer enticed in a way that if it had just been a typical three on three match, I wouldn't have been. Mm-hmm. So um, I enjoyed that. So give off to the folks that may have not seen the show what happened on the match, if you have it in front of you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have all that right here in front of me. Um, of course, like I said, this match started off typical three-on-three match. We had um, uh, Jay and Ziggler going at it to the outside. Um, this spot, I-, I thought they handled it really well because you felt like it could have been real um, where Jay did get injured. Um, the referee came around and protected him. Um, of course, Roman and Jimmy both looking very concerned and Corbin's court kind of backing off here. Um, and then from there, we came back from a commercial break. Um, Corbin and Jay went at it for a little bit. Of course, B- 
Baron Corbin and that deep six, I, I just love that move. I think it looks fantastic when he pick, picks them up and slams them around. Um, landed one of those on Jay tonight. Um, Rude, I thought, got a really good showing in this match as well at times. He did. He did. Um, he, he just looked great. I love those blue tights on him. He gets a chance to show off. Um, uh, <laughs> he kind of got some offense on Jay. And so this match, the rhythm of it was they kept kind of, it was, it was let's beat up on Jay, right, for a little bit. Um, and then he got T tagged in Roman. Then let's beat up on Roman. And the baby faces were constantly fighting their way into this thing, right? Mm. Uh, we would see Corbin on the outside flick the eyes, right? Um, while the ref wasn't looking. And I just love this, this three on two dynamic where they took advantage of that for so long. Yeah. And then towards the end of it, right? We did get the epic return um, uh, of, of Jay, right? Late in the match here to kind of make the save. And then at that point, Baron Corbin. And Roman Reigns battled off into the crowd, and, and and ref didn't see it right, but Roman Reigns grabbed uh, something like a television prompt or something and threw it at Corbin's face, and they fought away. Um, but uh, yeah, Usos did get the big win here um, to celebrate and all that. So um, I just thought top to bottom, I think it took two commercial breaks. Um, there was a really cool spot um, where, uh, and and I don't remember exactly how it came off here, um, where Ziggler was going to go for the super kick. Um, but Reigns jumped up with a Superman punch, and I thought that looked really cool. Um, just, uh, yeah, it was a trash can Reigns hit uh, <laughs> Reigns hit Baron Corbin with. So it was just a, a fun match and a fun brawl, and I thought a great way to kick off SmackDown. It was. It definitely was. I'm pulling up WrestlingInc.com right now. WrestlingInc.com right now. How do I how do I read the actual results on what happened in these matches, dude? Yeah, if you haven't read them, we do have them right at the top of our page, WrestlingInc.com. There's a, a headline here that so said, WWE SmackDown results, your feedback. Yeah, that's what I'm on too. But the, the print of it only shows this first match. Unless uh, maybe I it's, I don't um, know how to scroll to the next page or something. Maybe. Oh, yeah, maybe. I'm not sure on mobile. It's I'll have it on the computer right now. It, it just says it stops at the end of the Usos match. Is there like a thing at the bottom on the mobile website to click the number two or number three? Uh, and the only reason I say that is because majority of our fans, like, yes, they want to hear your input, obviously, on what you thought, right? But we have fans that don't watch this show that specifically watch our podcast or listen to it, I should say, to hear what the results were. So the way we try to generally do it is let's say what happens in each match and then let's both give our input on what happened. That's sure. Cool. And just lay it out to them that are looking to hear what the hell happened in tonight's show first and foremost. And then yeah, and there was a bang. whole lot. I mean, this was one of those matches where if I mean, you have it. If yeah, you yeah, have I, it. and I can read it from top to bottom. It is, it is paragraphs of. There was so much Ugh. action in this one. Um, oh, sorry, yeah, they don't do that. Yeah, yeah, no, there was a lot. I mean, there was a lot. I would encourage you guys if you didn't check this match out to go back and watch it. Pick out the clip on WWE.com. Um, there was a, a just. I mean, yeah, it's um, the, all the rallies. I mean, to me, it was all about um, Corbin tossed rain over the barrier to the front row. They went to a commercial. Um, I just love all the distractions. Rude distracted the referee at one point, um, allowing Corbin to come from behind and grab reins, um, which which freed him up for a big super kick from Ziggler. Um, Ziggler went back out of the ring and and taunted reins, yelling at him, which again, a lot for a distraction. Um, at one point when um, they had him, they tossed Jimmy behind the announce table and flipped something over on top of him. So just yeah, this match went all over the place. Um, talked about how good Bobby Roode looked here, right? Um, it did. Yeah, you got to see um, 
Rude um, tagged back in and showed off and, and went for the uh, glorious CDT. Um, but Reigns countered it and rolled him up for a two count. I thought that was a pretty cool spot. Um, and then, yeah, Ziggler uh, yanked Jay off the apron as Reigns was going for the tag, which I just love that tag team dynamic here, right? We kept going back and forth where get close to the tag. And listen, guys, Roman Reigns, right? He's the baby face. Not everybody loves him. I think he's got a lot more fan positivity behind him than he did previously. Um, but I, I think that matches like this show, and, and he's a, you mentioned the Usos being a great worker. Reigns was a great worker in this match, and he did a lot of selling um, for the other guys, even though they came up with the win here. So the winner was? Uh, the Usos and Roman Reigns, right? We got which the, uh, we would win, but yeah. Right, yeah, right. So um, Babyface, so it, it makes me wonder, you know, you got these guys winning tonight. Um, what does that mean for Sunday? Yeah, yeah, true. What, what do we have next after this, after this match? So um, after this, we had the, um, of course, the Usos celebrated, announced team put over um, Kane um, and Daniel Bryan's segment from last week um, and how, uh, remember, Kane lured uh, the Fiend back into the ring and then called him out on that. And then we got the tease. Lacey Evans was backstage doing a photo shoot and that Cole was going to be interviewing her tonight. Um, one thing I noticed too, Matt, I don't know if you saw it, but the, the Fox broadcast, I thought they did a really good job of showing little a little box that advertised what was coming up next or later in the match tonight. Like it really kept you engaged as a viewer to be like, oh yeah, that's what's gonna be happening here in a little bit. Yeah, treating it like yeah, treating it like a real show or like a even like a real sport. In this case like a real show. Um yeah. Well good stuff. Yeah. So we um so back from the break we came and uh, we had uh, a preview of Tuesday night um WWE backstage. We're gonna have the new day and Roman Reigns, which I think Leads credence to the idea that Roman Reigns might be winning the Rumble tomorrow night if you're going to have him on WWE backstage um, as the first show after the Royal Rumble. Um, but that's just me reading into it. Who really knows? And then we got to uh, a video package recapping um, the feud between Lacey Evans and um, WWE's women's champion, Bailey. And I really liked... Um, <sighs> I liked how divisive this next segment was, Matt. So I'm going to break it down for you, then I'll get your opinion on it. So this is where Michael Cole came out, interviewed Lacey Evans. Um, and I want to give you some quotes from this. For you guys who did see it, you will notice that uh, Lacey was very emotional in this. It was a very different kind of, uh, I call it a promo. It was really more of an interview for her. Um, a very different kind of outing for her. So she, um, Lacey Evans says, uh, because they, they being Sasha and Bailey, are bullies, um, she got tired of watching them do what they do, so she called them out as bullies. Um, Michael Cole asked her about her rough upbringing. She got very emotional immediately, started crying. She said, I talked about her father losing his battle with addiction and depression. Um, she talked about wanting to be a role model for the fans because of this. Um, the fans uh, cheered. Um, she kept getting more emotional. Um, she talked about being in the Marines, and that's what led her to being in the WWE now. She says that um, she will have to be a leader herself if she beats, or Michael Cole tells her she'll have to be a leader herself if she beats Bailey. And um, Lacey Evans says that she will be a better leader um, that shows you that you can accomplish anything you want if you keep pushing, no matter what's happened or where you've been. And she said she will continue to set the example because that's what the world needs, and she will be that champion. Um, Cole, of course, brought up the segment with her daughter. Um, and she, brought, she said that her daughter's a fighter um, after what happened last month. Um, she said watching what happened to her daughter makes her angry, but she's glad her daughter stood up to bullies. Um, she talks about how her fans didn't see her daughter crying backstage, and she had to explain this is her job. 
Um, and she said, Banks and Bailey stood in between she and her daughter when her daughter was trying to support her. Um, Evan says that she put Banks on the shelf and come Sunday, she will put Bailey and then Bailey attacked her um, from behind in the middle of this. So very emotional, Matt. How did you feel about this is a different side of Lacey Evans? It, it definitely is. It's uh, um, the who she really is. This is who they should have. Well, it's hard to argue by saying they should have started this with her when she first debuted. Because uh-huh. I, I think it would have come off cheesy and WWE would have screwed it up somehow, um, as they do most babyface characters when they introduce mm-hmm. them. Um, this is who she really is. Um, I, I hope they continue to delve into how she is as a mother, because how she is as a mother is friggin' impressive as hell. Like, seriously impressive. The qualities and, and the stuff that she instills in her daughter, you can see it. If you follow her on Twitter, you can see it for yourself. Um, it's pretty damn impressive, yeah. uh, her and her family. And um, obviously, her military background makes her all, all the more of a badass and legit. And uh, I think they're going down the right pathway here. You want wrestlers to have opportunities to talk about things that are very real to them. Mm-hmm or bring up things that are very real to them. And usually when that happens, good things come from it because you're using now real emotions versus playing phony actor, wrestler, um, you know? So it's usually better when this happens. And this is they're going in the right direction with her. I think they need to pull the trigger, though. I think they absolutely need to pull the trigger. Bailey's title run, no offense, and I like Bailey, but her as a heel has been absolutely worthless. Um, Have you noticed they've been using her less on um, she's not been given quite as many speaking parts in the last few weeks and she's been doing more like sneak attacks like this, which because she's spoken quite a lot. Right. Right. So 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 maybe this is another attempt to try to get not maybe this is another attempt to get her heat in different forms and fashions, maybe. But as far as tipping their hand that they don't care about her and just wanted to drop the title, I don't think that's the reason. But still, I, I do think that she will drop the title nonetheless. I think it makes the most sense here. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. I think they've been using her less in talking because, as you've said before, she's not been that great and convincing in a in a heel role. Bailey has not. Um, and yeah, this Lacey Evans promo, I, I agree. Leaning more into what makes her a real person is awesome. I, I think you've seen too, her Southern Belle uh, accent has not been quite as strong in recent weeks. Like even mm-hmm. tonight, mm-hmm. you saw it a little bit, but it wasn't nearly as overwhelming but mm-hmm. a lot of people so this segment here with Lacey crying she wasn't the typical right uh, badass marine Lacey Evans like we've seen mm-hmm. in some weeks she was this vulnerable person and um I put mm-hmm. a poll out there on the wrestling Inc. Twitter saying did you like it did you not like it so um the three options were loved it um a kind of meh kind of middle of the road or nope um and loved it is in the lead here with 40 percent of people responding saying they really did like it but it's very close with people that felt kind of meh about it, which is 37%. So I think it hit for some people. And I think for some other people, they just weren't as convinced by the uh, Lacey Evans crying tonight. Yeah. Um, yeah. People in the chat room agreeing with you. Um, Angelo Townsend, Lacey needs to win. Um, and so, um, you know, some people said Joey Adorjan um, called out. He said it was fake crying. So um, interesting how divisive this segment was. Lacey Evans was trending on Twitter at one point tonight too, it seemed like. So um, fascinating from that. So I, I liked it. I thought the attack by Bailey made a lot of sense here and she needs to have that more vicious side to her. Well, of course it was fake crying. You guys really, hang on. Like no shit. It was fake crying, dude. That doesn't make it any less 
spectacular or good or going to a place that's really personal to her. We could right. talk about my drug addiction right now. And I spent many a night crying about my drug addiction. If I was ever going to live, if I was going to OD, if um, things like that were going to happen to me and I'd be taken out of life before I even have an opportunity to have a kid. Mm-hmm. Those are real tears that happened when it happened. Right. But when I talk about it now, um, I'm not going to start crying about it because it's 13 and a half years ago. Right. Right. So, so if this was like wrestling and we were talking about it, right. And I was asked to have some tears for, of course, that would be maybe me acting, but doesn't make the story any fake, doesn't any faker or not real. If that makes sense. Of course it's fake. (laughs) Freaking acting, dude. Wait, wait, wait. It's not, they're they're not all, they don't all mean everything they say every week. They don't actually hate each other. What Matt? (laughs) Blowing my mind. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Okay. What Um, was next? No, no, I and, and I think it's worth, yeah. We're <laughs> never going to move on if we go at this pace. What was next? <laughs> we will get there. We got, we got it's 10 32, dude. And we've gotten like to one match. Oh, uh, well, that was all that was 30 minutes. We're we're a quarter of the way through the show right now. That was 30 minutes of the oh, match, really. Yeah, that, that first match was 30 minutes, dude. So, um, we saw this brawl happen. Um, of course, uh, Bailey beat up Lacey Evans. Um, mm-hmm. we go, we go to a commercial. Although, uh, before that, there was a, mo- a segment backstage. Carmella and Dana Brooke, um, both announced they are entering the women's Royal Rumble match on Sunday evening. I don't believe Carmella or Dana Brooke are gonna stand much of a chance of winning, Matt. Do you? Glenn does. Glenn thinks Dana Brooke will win. <laughs> well, let's okay. We'll speak for Glenn. They're like Glenn has money on Dana Brooke. Please yeah. bet against him. Big winner. Um, so we set up Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville coming back from a break. That match never got started because as soon as it kicked off, um, the brawl that took place before the break between Lacey Evans and Bailey spilled over into this match. And this was your um, six women in the ring tease for the Royal Rumble on Sunday. And um, what do you think about this match? You have feelings on it? I was not looking forward to the tag match. Okay. To be perfectly honest, because I don't like what uh, the babyface team. I like Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. I yeah. don't. I love Alexa Bliss. But I love Alexa Bliss as a heel. Yeah. And, and, and Nikki's done an amazing job overachieving. Let's just be honest. She's done a great job with what way way past my expectations sure to be honest but i'm I'm waiting for you know the heel tandem here to finally like i just think manny rose is amazing i do i think she's a right underneath a main event act in that women's division and they need to continue to work with her to put her in situations so she could be groomed into that main event poster freaking you know, I'm gonna say poster child, but poster person, poster girl for for the the, the women's division one day. Yeah. I know Vince sees it. I know he sees her as that. You well, maybe I mean this stuff with Otis is a way of using her in a different way and getting her yeah. out there because getting her over. You're right. That definitely that's a huge storyline for her to be in. You're absolutely right. Um, but Sonya, she's badass too. Like they need to do something much major with her. Like I argue, she I would argue she's better than Mandy. Um. Don't you think she's more intriguing? I think she's a more interesting character. Nothing against Mandy, but I think Sonya has a different kind of look and background. Does totally does. And plus, yeah. we, we've seen her on Tough Enough, right? Then yeah, we know yeah. a little bit more. I don't know more so, personal connection there. Both sure. of them. Wait, both of them. No? Oh, that's right. That's was Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose was on Tough Enough. Yeah, dude. that's right. She was the favorite at one point. I that's remember. right. I remember that. Yep. Just because of her look, she was like the Jackie Gata of my. Well, of my season 
And I would love to see, like, I mean, this tag team here is interesting. I know they're doing the Mandy Rose and Otis thing and 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 all that, but I would love to see Rose and Sonya Deville get a legitimate run with the tag team titles here. I mean, True. and I like, like spotlight that. that, right? More. Um, yes, definitely. So. I think they would have done more with it than the Iconics did, and nothing against the Iconics. The Iconics were just booked the way they were, unfortunately, yeah. with those tag titles, which was BS because they were a good tag team too. They were. They were. Um, this is one of the things somebody pointed out um, earlier. This is um, this was a great opportunity for WWE to use women's tag team. I agree with you, Matt. Not excited about the match. Um, there's been all this conversation around should they just rename it to the you know WWE Championship instead of the WWE Women's Championship? And I saw on Twitter somebody pointed out just use the women better and you don't have to worry about what something is called just elevate some of these teams and some of these women more through the way you use them on tv so this segment was not much of anything except for an advertisement for the royal rumble um but you know and they didn't even use otis tonight nothing for otis tonight either how would that even work though with, with them if it wasn't called the women's championship what would you yeah. call it just the championship yeah just the the wwe championship. championship yeah interesting Becky wants it. Becky Lynch wants it. So, um, Becky Lynch said this. Yes, on WWE backstage this week. That's where it came. I watched it. How did I miss that? I guess I missed that part. She said uh, that she wants want all the women's titles not to be called women's titles. She wants them just to be called the WWE Championship. I mean, I see her reasoning. Her reasons why, obviously. Um, but she's the man. Why would it be the women's championship? <laughs> which her herself calling. Yeah, but yeah. but. I don't know. How would you differentiate? Like, how would you know what you're like? If you're advertising and saying, Hey, I want to watch the title match tonight, which one? Oh, the heavyweight championship match. Well, which one? Well, tonight's SmackDown. Uh, okay. Which one? Well, this is the point I made about, and I don't want to get into all the controversy around it, um, yeah. but the point I made around Tessa Blanchard winning the impact men's championship, mm-hmm. which was to Tessa Blanchard. Why is it? I mean, I know there was an illustrious history. There are people who have held that championship, but if you are Tessa Blanchard's position, shouldn't beating the other women in your competition, like shouldn't you, your point be, you want to elevate that women's title and impact to be the pristine thing, not go after somebody else's title. Um, that was always kind of my argument. I do. I see both sides of that. <laughs> so um, we uh, got to see Elias backstage after this women's brawl. Um, Braun Strowman walks up and tells him it's time to go to work. And then after the commercial, we get Elias in the ring with his guitar singing about um, the Royal Rumble and singing his latest song. Um, out comes Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman is getting ready to sing. And just as he's getting ready to sing, the, the, the fans are excited. Uh, he is interrupted by, of course, none other than Sami Zayn, Cesaro, and Shinsuke Nakamura. So um, this is a tag team match here. Um Elias starts off with Cesaro, so uh, they kind of fought back and forth. Um, Elias dropped him on the top turnbuckle. Elias had a clothesline. Um, Nakamura um, gets tagged in. or Nakamura, I'm sorry, nails Elias on the outside. Um, Braun comes running over and flattens Nakamura at ringside. Braun yells out his fans pop, and we go to a commercial. Um, When we come back for commercial, Elias is fighting Cesaro in the ring and Nakamura on the apron. Um, Nakamura gets knocked off. Elias drops Cesaro with a big mule kick, but he also goes down. Uh, more back and forth for a minute. Eventually, Braun hits a big splash in the corner, tosses Nakamura through the air, and clubs him in the chest in a pretty cool spot. And then, um, if you didn't see it, um, Nakamura does make a comeback, um, but Cesaro does tag back in. Um, Braun um, 
and they launch Cesaro into the ring post shoulder first. Um, Elias takes advantage and drops Nakamura into the ring post. The chaos continues, but out of nowhere, Braun nails a power slam on Cesaro in the middle of the ring. He tags in Elias, who hits a flying elbow, and Elias and Braun Strowman get the victory. I was worried about Braun. Like, I didn't like Braun Strowman getting ready to sing. Yeah. None of this stupid crap they do with him do I like. I think it kills him. Yeah. Um, I. They're just trying to make him that feel-good baby face like they've been using Big Show for a while, right? He's not a monster at all. Um, we have a super chat here. Um, he says, Cesaro looks like he could be a member of Imperium. Well, yeah, let's put him on WWE K. I mean, You want to know something? That would do a lot for both parties, I would argue, because yeah. my one of my problems with Imperium is like there's two members, I want to say, that I really don't care about. And then there's Walter, and I forget the other guy's name that I kind of I can see can be a star. Yeah, but like they need to get rid of like one of them, and throw in Cesaro in there to make it more legitimate and have a little bit more main roster legitimacy or appeal, if you will. Because, dude, no offense, it's just Walter and his friggin' married band of three men. Right, right. You're like, oh, well, come on, what about the guy from Insanity? Okay, what about the guy from Insanity? <laughs> I, I think Cesaro is one of those guys. We've talked about it before. He's such a huge, a huge guy with so much potential, and I feel like WWE has never found a spot for him. He gets stuck when all these weird tag teams. And I think he's fine with Sami Zayn and Shinsuke Nakamura. I like Nakamura and Zayn together. I think Cesaro being there is a fine role for him. I would rather see Cesaro in a singles role or as the lead. I mean, put him with Imperium, but then let him like feud with Walter in that role and make give him something important to do and meaningful to do. That would be cool, and uh, that would be cool. I do think Cesaro brings down Nakamura and and uh, Sammy, to be honest. Okay. In what way? That he's a guy who's been used as a mid card, where mm. at best, where Nakamura should be again a perennial main event talent. He sure. easily should be, even though he has intercontinental title as considered mid card. Um, that he's not somebody who, in my opinion that's on the super duper decline he's somebody that because it's terrible booking decisions that have just that are a little bit more fresh and being incorrect and having him booked the way he's been booked versus cesaro's who are not so fresh and how piss poor he's been being booked over the years his stuff is now five years old that match versus john cena how old is that now oh, um, yeah. whereas nakamura is only a couple years old as far as how piss poor they've been booking him yeah. I, I, he had an opportunity to do something with this, with uh, Sami Zayn being his mouthpiece. And I just don't get why they wouldn't help him get over the hump here. Instead, give him something that's going to weigh him down in Cesaro. Cesaro was awesome. He's an amazing talent. Mm-hmm. Deserves better. He definitely does. I just don't think, I don't know. I think this hurts Nakamura and Zayn. Uh- do you think it has anything to do with, I've always felt like they've held Nakamura back. And then I also think Oscar for the same reason that their ability to not deliver a promo like in English. But, but what's her name can though. She's very different. Yeah. Well, she gives a lot of energy. I mean, she just gets into it and no matter what she says has like this passion and fire behind it. Right. Like Oscar is, even though her English isn't the best, right. Oscar's more Americanized or you know what I mean? Like she, 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 her English is, I think her English is pretty, is pretty decent. is pretty good. Um, but everything about her attitude and and whatnot, but then the Nakamura is special as hell. His, 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 I don't even know what to describe him as to somebody. If they were to ask me, what is that guy doing? Is he coming down to the ring? Um, 
he's so original. Right. I don't know. I just think he's a main event act. I don't. I don't get it. We'll cut ahead here a little bit. Somebody uh, super chat here. Mitch Oropsky asks Mike and Matt, do you prefer the main event storyline of Seth App or Daniel Bryan Fiend? Seth, wait, say that again. Seth App, what? Seth oh, App. Okay. I assume he's talking about the um, Seth Rollins storyline against um, Kevin Owens and um, Samoa Joe on Monday Night Raw. I don't know what App stands for. Neither do I. Um, Appalachian State. I don't. <laughs> let me think. I'm gonna say. I guess. No, Daniel Bryan Fiend. I think. I think it's a better story, but I like what they've done with Seth. I like the fact that they've given he wears that glove. I just love that glove he wears as a heel now. Like it's a characteristic of him being a bad guy. I like the fact that he's assembled his own little team. So I think what they've done with him has been some really good stuff and different enough that I'm engaged with that character. But from a feud standpoint, there's more to Daniel Bryan and the fiend right now. I feel like. Yeah. yeah. So, um, after, uh, this match, we get our, um, annual, um, by, well, Corbin came out, cut a promo and he says that on Sunday, um, he is, he didn't come out. He headed to the backstage interview with Caleb Braxton. He says on Sunday, um, talks about how bad he will beat Reigns in their Falls Count Anywhere match. And he says um, Reigns um, won't even make it to the Royal match on Sunday, but he will, and he will go on to WrestleMania 36 to win the Universal title. Um, and afterwards, we got our annual By the Numbers video hyping up the Royal Rumble. And there was this really weird um, segment backstage, Matt. I don't know if you saw it, but um, it was kind of quick where Kofi Kingston was oiling himself up. <laughs> um <laughs> And um, he had just had oil. I guess he had one of the guys backstage, one of the crew members oiling him up. And Kofi Kingston walks up and is like, what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> um, and um, so uh, Kofi did talk about um, Big E said it was. An, he said staying oiled up was a big advantage in the Royal Rumble match. Um, and Kofi says they're going into the Rumble with the power of positivity. And it doesn't matter what numbers they draw. Um, and Big E says they're doing it for Xavier Woods. So oil, is that the strategy to winning the Royal Rumble match? It is. <laughs> Just don't slip under the ring and fall. Um, so after this, we got Kofi Kingston versus John Morrison. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong. John Morrison wrestled in a tag team match last week. Was this his first? No, he was a singles match. It was a singles match last week against um, Biggie. That's right. Um, so uh, we come back. Um, there was a brief promo in here recorded from Seamus, um, his kind of typical standing in the back, um, looking over, talking about how um, he sends a warning to Shorty G ahead of their match on Sunday. He says he will finish what he started with G, and like a rat out of hell, G will be gone by the morning, um, which I thought was a strange promo. Like a rat. He kept comparing Shorty G to a rat out of hell. It I don't get it. Very scripted, right? It seemed like a WWE writer wrote that promo. <laughs> right out of hell is though, so whatever. That right. didn't work with me. Um, just basic crap. I don't care about that match. It's like a. I guess they're kind of spoofing a bat out of hell, but like it just doesn't make any sense to me. So, um, we got Kingston versus John Morrison. Um, kind of our last match of the night. These guys got some time to work. Um, the Miz and Morrison did their signature slow motion entrance on the ramp. Um, the Miz, I love this from the Miz. He grabbed the mic afterwards and he said he's complaining about the crowd booing him um, and for booing Morrison during his entering return last week. Um, he says, are you booing me because uh, are you booing Morrison because he's associated with me? Are you booing me because I'm not the same person? I've not changed. And then he encouraged everybody to watch Miz and Mrs. The premiere next week on USA to so they can see how much he has not changed. 
Um, and then they both announced Miz and Morrison are going to be in the Royal Rumble come Sunday. Um, when the match kicks off, um, Morrison and Kofi Kingston locked up, shoved each other around for a little bit. Um, this was kind of a constant back and forth between these two, um, kind of each one avoiding each other's moves. Um, there was a really cool spot where um, Kofi Kingston um, went for a trouble in paradise. John Morrison dodged it and hit him with a roundhouse kick. Um, we um, got a, a Morrison ran into the corner um, into a kick in the nose from Kofi. Um, there's a roll through and Morrison fires back with a big running into the mouth. Um, Kofi Kingston dodged a starship pain. Morrison landed hard um, and Kofi had to rally back into it from that. Um, Kofi started getting some more offense. Morrison cut that with a kick to the chest. Um, he had a big uh, head scissors off the top and sent um, Kofi did and sent Morrison flying. Um, got a quick two fall off of that. Um, when they came back, Kofi hit a boom drop in the middle of the ring. Fans cheered New Day rocks. Um, that's where we got that big roundhouse kick from Morrison. They traded strikes. Um, just a lot of great back and forth. Kofi hit an SOS after that, got a close pin attempt. Um, loved that spot as well. Um, and then um, eventually we had Miz run over, uh, get Biggie out of the equation. Biggie chased Miz away. And after the distraction, um, Kofi attacked the Miz, but Morrison was able to um, scoop him up, knock him down, and hit a starship pain on Kofi for the win. A beautiful starship pain here. Um, so these guys got a good good 15 minutes of work or so, and I thought it was a really exciting match and a really great showcase for both men. What do you think? It was. Both of these guys were a dream match, actually, at one point because um, of the crazy athleticism. They take huge risks um, and put so much thought, energy, and art into their matches. Seriously, these are two guys that well, you can't just walk in and say, all right, we have 15 minutes. What do you want to do? Eh, well, let's just do this. And you'll never get that out of either of these guys. These guys, Kofi I've never worked with, but John I have a million times, and that's just how he's wired, and I'm pretty sure that's how Kofi's wired too, especially when you have an opportunity to work Morris and, you know, to go out there and steal the show, and uh, they definitely did. I would put this match up against anything we saw. We saw some good matches on Raw. Sure. I love this match. Yeah, I, I, I thought this was, I mean, you, you said it best when you said these guys put a lot of art into what they do, and I'm so excited to see John Morrison back in WWE and him being able to do his thing. Such a great fit. Um, giving Kofi Kingston a good match, singles match like this. Kingston's been sidelined for a while now after after kind of dropping the WWE championship. So going up against Morrison, this to me, you know, say what you will about the tag team titles, but this to me does feel like a group of main event guys um, okay. kind of fighting it out in the upper mid card right now. And I, I think that's a great spot for all of them. I mean, Former world champions, um, Big E's probably the uh, the youngest guy of the group, but um, I think it's a good spot. I'm excited to see where this goes on Sunday. Me too. Me too. Um, so after that, we um, got our much heavily advertised contract signing. Of course, this Sunday for the strap match, Daniel Bryan versus The Fiend for the WWE Universal Championship. Um, Daniel Bryan came out for the signing, um, and um, Bryan did not take a seat. They introduced um, Universal Champion Bray Wyatt and the Firefly Funhouse music kit. Of course, we got we got to see. I thought this was hilarious. Um, we got to see Bray Wyatt trying to fax his contract signing through a fax machine from the Firefly Funhouse, um, <laughs> yeah. which was just. Uh, and he said he couldn't get this fancy thing to work. He tried to uh, call tech support, um, and um, Wyatt says, "Why would Brian ever want to strap himself?" 
to him in reference to the fiend. He said, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian interrupted and he says he knows why it is a sick man, but, but why it still needs to come down and sign the contract. Wyatt said that's not a nice thing to say and that he's not sick. He's better than ever. Uh, he said he talked to his attorney, Mercy the Buzzard, who advised him to stay right where he's at. Um, <laughs> I love this part, too. Brian goes on about how all Wyatt does is run from for his problems. Um, Brian says he will be tied to the fiend on Sunday and he will make him pay for his mistakes. Um, Wyatt interrupts him and says, mistake is the word of the day. And then everybody, all the kids say, yay. Um, and then um, Wyatt goes on about all this being part of Brian's mistake. Um, Wyatt says, by the way, Brian, you won't be facing me on Sunday, Wyatt. So it's only fitting that he shows up to sign the contract. And then, of course, the lights went out and we got the appearance from the fiend uh, who shows up with the strap in one hand. As I compared it to the way my mama used to look at me when I would do something wrong and she would give me a whooping. Right. She would have that strap in her hand. Um, They started brawling. Um, I mean, basically, the fiend jumped on Brian here, um, took him down with the mandible claw with the red lights. Um, The fiend screams out. Hits his sister, Abigail. He walks over. uh, He rips his shirt, starts whipping him. He walks over to sign the contract, and he literally takes the pen and stabs his own hand. I mean, he just stabs his own hand. Um, He signs it in his own blood. The fans chant, you got issues. Um, And then he tosses the contract over at Brian. The lights go out. And when they come back on, we see that Brian lying there in the ring, strap marks on his back. The contract's been signed in blood. Um, And yes, chance end the show for the evening what did you think about this contract signing not the most traditional contract signing here i loved it i thought this was very original how they finished it him stabbing his hand to sign it in blood how yeah. the lights went out and bryant was down with strap mark i thought that was great it was um it was different i thought we, we got some of that humor from the the fiend or from bray white i should say house, yeah. yeah i thought that was good that was a fun little play there um, I think it's weird to say that you're going to have the fiend do a contract signing, but I think them bringing the blood into it and making it feel more brutal and more visceral was a good call. And I was thinking about it, Matt, it's been a few weeks since we've had a really good fiend attack. And so I think using one tonight was a very effective way to kind of sell what's going to be coming Sunday night for this pay-per-view. Yeah. He could put it on Daniel. I mean, much better than him running away. Yeah. I hated him running. Away. I thought that was <laughs> terrible. He looked really strong. I mean, he and, and Brian went after him at first, and he no sold at all. I mean, he just he took the beating and he kept on going after it. So, um, it's an interesting way to play it up. Are you convinced? I mean, you know, they used to say opposite opposite reason here. If if a guy looks strong in the go home show, he's going to lose on Sunday. I, I always disagree with Raj on this. So there's been a couple of times I've been like, okay, Raj, you're right this week, but like, no, I, I don't agree with that that logic. I just I, I don't. I just think it because. They and it's WWE, and I've been there, and I've worked there, and I know mm-hmm. how they change things. The day of those shows, those pay per views, dude. Um, you have an entire afternoon worth of agents politicking for somebody to win if they don't think that that's the person that should win. Mm-hmm. People think people assume that everyone just does every single thing that Vince wants. <sighs> While that's true. The agents are very creative about if somebody's losing that shouldn't lose, you know what I mean? And everyone kind of sees it of trying to change that. Um, I'm not saying that's happening here. I'm just saying in general. So, like, you can't always, always, always go by that formula of if so-and-so looks strong, you know, this week, then for sure the opposite's going to happen at the pay-per-view. Right. Here, the reason you – it works that way with heels, I would say. 
But if you've noticed, not baby faces. If a baby face gets beat down the week before the pay-per-view, the baby face doesn't always win that then that pay-per-view coming up right after that go-home show. Yeah. They continue to bury the baby face. You huh. That's interesting. I've not thought about that. Interesting. But, but if it's a multiple month pay-per-view, I, I would argue which the fiend that Daniel Bryan is here. I, I, I don't think that formula works here. Just because yeah. Daniel Bryan got his ass, you know, handed to him tonight or whatnot, um is not a guarantee that he is going to now win at the pay-per-view. Well, and the fiend is kind of one of those characters that I mean, I think you're you're saying this too, but but the fiend is special in the fact that he is He's invincible, right? Like he's always he should always look strong until he gets beaten. Like he kind of defies all logic of whatever we're used to, you know. Well, th- that I, that goes for anything though. Like I'm saying that goes for any talents that are going to have a multiple pay per view mm. angle. You can't then just month two or month one of that first pay per view together, let's say, or second, just because it, you know one the heel wins on Friday before the pay per view on Sunday doesn't mean the face is then gonna is then gonna come up and win at the next pay-per-view especially when they have right. two more pay-per-views to get to that right. sometimes the storyline arc is um three pay-per-views maybe maybe four pay-per-views yeah. with of a storyline and the end all be all has to be the baby face winning at the very very end of that yeah storyline arc that four month storyline arc that fourth pay-per-view do you think Daniel Bryan will be the guy who does it, or do we do we get Roman Reigns as the ba- the babyface who unseats the Fiend think, come WrestleMania? Nobody. It should be nobody. Yeah. That's why this guy shouldn't be the champion. <laughs> he just retires as champion in twenty years. I'm saying is why he should not have been yeah. the champion. It was yeah. a terrible idea to make him your champion because of what this. do you do with him? <laughs> now it's going to hold up the title. No one's going to beat him for it. Or so, or worse, someone is going to beat him for it. Now you screwed him over. One of the coolest, right. most original characters you guys have ever had. Yeah. Now you give him a loss that he doesn't need to have because you dumbasses put a championship around him. Kind of like what you did with that match at Hell in a Cell with Seth Rollins, but without actually giving him the loss. Um, oh, Mitch. Orobsky writes in super chat here. Thank you very much, Mitch. Uh, Michael and Matt, hypothetical. Would you rather Edge entering the Royal Rumble to eliminate Brock to start a feud with him or Edge winning the Rumble to face Bray at Mania? So Edge versus Mm. Brock or Brock versus Bray? That's a great question. (laughs) That's a win-win either way, right? Because he gets Bray, he he can go back to, you know, dark, crazy Edge. Um, But if it's Brock... But then he's coming back from injury. It ain't going to be Brock. It would be Bray. I want to see the match. I want to see is Edge versus Daniel Bryan. That's the feud. That's the matchup. That's the dream for me. That would be great. That would be awesome. So two other things we want to get to tonight. Um, that was SmackDown. Again, I thought it was a solid show. If you missed it, yeah, you, you missed some good matches. Um, but otherwise, storyline-wise, pretty much what you expect. But God, that Kofi... Morrison match and opening match were both fantastic. Yes. Fast forward first match, yeah. fast forward to the middle of the show, yeah. Morrison versus Kofi. And then honestly, I like that main event um, contract signing. I yeah. That was pretty dope. Yep. So um, so check that out. So, um, so that's for the Royal Rumble. But two other things we want to get to. So Matt wanted to bring this up. I don't know. Um, you're, you, We talked about Lance Archer in here before. You know Lance Archer? Lance Hoyt? So the um, main reason I brought it up is because I know you know him or have talked about him before. Um, he is reportedly in high-level talks with AEW. As well as he should. Like yeah. uh, WWE should be in high-level talks with him. I agree. 
uh, he changed his look completely. It's the one thing they would say, go out and get over somewhere else, and then we'll bring you back. Well, he's done that. He's going out to New Japan, got himself crazy over Mm -hmm. um, amongst a little bit of controversy, not around him, but his old tag team partner. He still stuck it out in New Japan, still got over it as a singles act, no less. Looks like a monster. His hair look you might think it looks weird. I think it looks dope. It makes him look crazy. It does. Um, dude, this dude's always been such a great worker, super athletic. Um, every bit of six foot seven. So he's a big man, very, very big. Uh, especially in AEW, he'd be a monster. Your time did, did he overlap he, with your time at impact or was yeah. he there before you? Okay. Was, yeah. They were using him terribly at the time, which sucks because I came in and and I was, you know, in some area, but I was like where I think I was working with like Joe or something like that. He was doing like rock and rave connection. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. It drove me nuts because he was so much better than that, dude. He was awesome. We've all had terrible characters, obviously, in our careers. But um, anyways, this dude's done exactly what WWE says to go out and go do. So I don't get why WWE's not in high-level contacts with him, talks with him, rather. They need to be. And he needs to be getting paid because they're paying differently than when he was first there. And I'd like to see him get paid. The only thing I can think of, and this is not my opinion, but maybe from a business standpoint, they look at him and they say he's turning 43 years old next month. Maybe they don't want to invest him at this point. But but he's interviews with him right now, though. You put him in that main event spot immediately, make him a monster out the gate. You have plenty of runway for him. Yes, exactly. If you've not seen him, I mean, I I got to meet the dude last year, do an interview with him. He's an awesome dude, but in the ring, um, he had a great performance last year in the G1 Classic, some awesome matches, kind of a great New Japan Pro Wrestling highlight reel for him. And then he just worked with Moxley um, a couple weeks ago at um, WrestleMania 14. Crazy match. I saw that. Holy crap. And he's a, he's a great dude and a great talent. So I think he'd be a great addition to AEW's roster. Oh, my God, yeah. I think he's the same size, though. I think he has the identical body almost of what's his name luchasaurus oh is he you know what uh, i mean long hair both you know these good looking dudes look like freaking rock stars in real life um well before lance archer's new hair um but uh <laughs> like at both every bit of six foot seven six yeah. foot eight um somewhere in that frame um so i'm guessing 260 to maybe 275 at the most um so they're very similar in build um yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Um, I hope he gets it. I hope he gets paid, man. He's a good guy. Yeah, he really, he really is a good guy. You, you get that vibe from talking to him. Why don't you fight him, man? Let's get you and um, you and Archer together. A little dream match action, brother. I am done. I've been <laughs> done. I'll do a couple uh, of charity like shows here and there. I'm doing one in April, actually. Oh, really? That's all good for you. That's awesome. Of course, last bit of news here we'll get to, um, and that is. Ratings from the Wednesday Night Wars. Of course, AEW has been winning handily for the last few weeks since the new year started. And this week, drum roll, um, AEW wins again. Um, What was his number? uh, They came out a little bit from last week. It is 871,000 viewers compared to NXT's, who is up to 769,000 viewers. So that gap did close. NXT jumped right at 70,000 viewers while um, AEW dropped... Right at 70,000 viewers. Crap. I was hoping that there was another ass whipping. Yeah. It was So they still win, but it was close. Yeah. I'm surprised, actually, because I, I keep, I was just saying on Twitter earlier to one of our listeners that I think the Dusty Rose Classic is a complete debacle for that show as far as ratings go. It's a ratings killer. Um, and, and I'm telling people, and so is Glenn. Uh, 
that as soon as this Dusty Rhodes Classic is over, NXT is going to be back again, and I think they're going to be back to really catching AEW again and beating them a couple times. Unless AEW can... I just think they need to weather the storm. They're going to lose yeah. some. They just got to be okay with it. Okay, we're going to lose a couple of weeks of these ratings, these ratings wars. Um, but they're good. They've gotten a brand new deal through what, 2023? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just stay the course, continue your long term booking. Do not let the fact that you lost in ratings one week or whatever coming up, you know what I mean? Yeah. Make you change plans. Now, if you're losing all of a sudden every week, yeah, then you got to look at something. Well, that's what's so interesting. They did adapt. I mean, this year they that first show in the new year they made they had better storytelling. I mean, they brought back some some really great feuds that were more focused. And I think AEW did the right things. And NXT, they felt like they kind of sidelined themselves with this Dusty Road Classic. So your point, they just let's do this tag team division at what should be one of the hottest times of the year. You're coming off the big Rhea Ripley win from last year, right. and they. They didn't advertise NXT talents being in the Rumble at all, which I think was a huge miss. I mean, ratings went up this week, and I think it's because fans thought maybe it's the go-home show before Rumble. Maybe we'll get that tease. But I feel like they've just overlooked this entire month of January. I agree with you. They should have built to Worlds Collide, too, I think. Yeah, which is going to be uh, – I think it's shaping up to be a really good show. Oh, yeah. and, I'm actually um, going to watch it this year, I think. Are you? There you go. Yeah. It's a, it's it's an interesting format, but I like the fact that they're taking these these kind of main event feeling teams and putting them out there. So we are going to be doing. Feel free to join us, man, if you're free. Um, but we are going to be doing a Worlds Collide post game show here on the Wrestling Inc. channel tomorrow night. It will be me. Um, it will be led by Glenn Rubenstein. We'll be back, um, and uh, we'll have Jesse Collins here, who did our Wrestle Kingdom show as well, uh, joining us tomorrow night. And you'll be back Sunday, or is that right, Matt? Yeah, Royal Rumble. Yep, yep. Yep. So it'll be you, you, Glenn, and Raj. I believe so. Yeah. Awesome. Or unless awesome. Raj thinks he's too cool for school again for his own <laughs> damn show and bounces on us again to go to where? I don't. I don't know. Where is he tonight? That's the song. Ryback's Ryback's show. I'm sure. Oh uh, yeah, that's where he is. I'm sure. I thought we had a good time is. last week too. The three of us. Mm. What we did, whenever Ryan's is not here, that's where I just assume he is. <laughs> he's on Ryback's show somewhere. I'm just, is he gonna, is he gonna replace me with Ryback? You think that's what's gonna happen? That... No, he's gonna, no, you've replaced Raj on Raj's own podcast, <laughs> is what my point is. And Raj has left us for uh, greener pastures to Ryback's show. That's funny. That's funny. Well, that's all I got, man. Anything else you want to add or, or take away before we get out of here? Any last minute predictions for uh, the Royal Rumble? Lacey Evans winning the title. Okay. Um, um, men's match. Damn, I don't. I, I, I got know. a big one. I, I think I know who's going to win Sunday. It's um, Matt, uh, I got ready to say Matt Morgan. Matt, you're going to win on Sunday. Um, um, uh, 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 Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre is winning. Oh. I, yeah. Yeah. It's it's his time, man. They, you know, he is a beast. Um, he has the look. They've kind of softened him up a little bit from a character standpoint. Him and Brock would be so much money. Mm. You oh, you've got him winning the rumble. I got him winning the rumble. I think he's yeah. going to win the rumble. We'll go on to face Brock needs a legitimate contender to go up against him. Randomly, I just picked AJ Styles last. Okay, Monday. I'm just going to pick him again. There you go. You don't want to copy that pick. There you go. That's a really good pick you picked. Um. 
who else we got for predictions? What are their matches? Um, the only other big one that I would throw out there would be the women's match. Um, I could pull up the I mean, we got of course Baron Corbin versus Roman Reigns as we're talking SmackDown. Okay. So for that one, I'm going to predict Roman. Yeah. I, I, I think Roman's gotta win on Sunday and they've got to move on to something else for him. This Corbin thing has kind of reached its point, I think. Yeah. Um, we have uh, the man Becky Lynch taking on Asuka or defending her women's championship against Asuka. She, she beats Asuka or it somehow gives a DQ or somehow there's a no finish or somewhere in there. There's a no finish here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, she's never been the storyline here. She's never beat Asuka in a singles match like this. Um, but I think Becky's your champion going into mania season. Women's Royal Rumble. You got any predictions? Any surprises? I don't, I don't know who everybody who's in it. So the current running theory is that Shayna Baszler may be in it. Um, and then she wins it. And then she wins it. And she goes on to face Becky Lynch at Mania. Don't like Shayna Baszler is in this role. Though. Mm. As, as I mean, I don't know. It's too fast for her, I feel like. I feel like she's not quite there yet. It, it is, but then you can argue with my next pick is way even faster. And I was going to say Rhea Ripley. I think there's a difference there, though. Rhea Ripley has owned the scene since she came into it. She overshadowed everybody during Survivor Series. Dude, she's awesome. I would love to see her versus Becky Lynch. I'd pay money to see that. Really but she's also the NXT champion right now. I don't think they're ready to move her up, though. Yeah. Your favorite match of the night, Shorty G versus Sheamus. <laughs> uh, Sheamus. Um, you already picked. Uh, I agree with that. Sheamus has got to win. Shorty G is just getting the short end of the stick there. <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, Lacey Evans versus <laughs> Bailey. We both said Lacey Evans. And then I think a sleeper match here, probably a pre-show match. It's going to be awesome. Andrade versus Umberto Carrillo. Oh, dude, this will be a good match. Okay, so I'm coming around a little bit on Andrade finally. It's been taking, okay. it's taking me like two years. Okay, I'll admit it. But, yeah, the, you're right. This could be a really good match. I think give yep. them time. I hope they give them time. Give them a little bit of time. You know, my big complaint from this past Monday is that Ray and Andrade did not main event the show. They had them going on at the top of hour one. And you put that on the top. I mean, the end of the show, man. That's what you need there. A ladder match, no less. Ugh. You see the Ugh. bumps? Oh, my God. That was a, that was a nasty match. And, and kudos to those guys. Uh, Ray, dude, he is – he's a stud. I mean, he just – I don't know he, how his body didn't break. He's my age. He's got to be 43. I'm 43. He's got to be the same age as me, right? Or I I call yeah, I think he's uh 44, 45. I could be wrong. But um uh, dude, he, I am so impressed at what he's done to get himself back into shape and the run he's had in the last couple of years is incredible. Like somebody at his age with his speed still incredible. It is. All right, last question before we get off here. Um super chat Sorry. Matt Baker writes in. He says, "Who are your surprise entries in the Royal Rumble?" Ooh. He surprised it's funny that we're not talking about that anymore. We used to always talk about that each Rumble season, like, oh, who's going to be a surprise entrant? Yep. <laughs> well, folks at home, take a wild stab as to why I can't do the UK show tomorrow. I don't care <laughs> <with> that. <laughs> Are you saying about. we might have a blueprint appearance come Sunday night in Texas? No. <laughs> I, don't even want, I don't even want to do like <laughs> You don't even want to tease that fans will get pissed. We, we got great fans. I won't be a dick. Um, Hmm. Who? Who? Who's like? Who's available? Edge. Edge is out there. That's a big rumor. Oh, Ooh, that's uh, a big rumor, right? Okay. Yeah. Guys from NXT. That's a big rumor. I don't want to give all this away. I have an article going up on the site. My top eight predictions for surprise entrance. So you can check that out. But um, give Edge three make, of them. Okay, I got Edge on there. Yeah. Um, I got CM Punk on there. 
Um, and I got Killer Cross because he is currently oh, Cross would, that would be a great one. So we'll see. Will the fans recognize him? Well, so that's what I said. Um, but I think if you wanted to have a guy to draw a buzz and generate a spotlight away from AEW for a week, he's the guy to do that. And like, make him look like a monster, even if they don't know who he is. Who doesn't care? He's physically impressive as hell. Yep. Yeah, make him look like a monster for that's the way Rumble works. When you first come in and you're a bigger guy, you get high spots where everyone has to feed you and you hit your finisher or big power moves on everybody that's in the ring at the moment. Then the next guy comes out, then they do it to you. And versus it's usually done like that. It's layered like that. So that's all he needs is one minute worth of hit him hit his big shit on everyone that's in the ring when he first comes out. and He'll be made It'd be a hell of a debut, man. Somebody in the chat room says um, Tim Tango Gore says Xbox. Good call. I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. Hall of he's Fame in, this year. He's in good shape too. Yep. I mean, they're doing that um, NWO Hall of Fame, um, and he's part of that. So who knows? Let's check it out. Are they supposed to go to MSG or something? And then they're all doing the two sweet thing. Yeah. You, the what? WWE supposedly is going to MSG, an upcoming MSG show. And oh they're gonna yeah. Have revival, uh, if you will, of the. Two sweet spot of all of them doing the curtain call. Are we really at a point in history now where we're revisiting like historical wrestling moments and we're going to sell a show based on that? Like, are we going to go back to Canada and we're going to do <laughs> Bret Hart and Sean? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They will corporatize and and market the shit out of anything. Pardon my language, but. <laughs> Don't God, do no. that. You guys, it doesn't work. Like the parts of it when they went to the Hall of Fame was cool. Hunter is still friggin' super witty and like smart alecky and quick with it, right? Yeah. But I don't know. The rest of them look too like look old. You know what I mean? It doesn't look. I don't know. Yeah, I, it's not the same as it once was. You can only live in your glory days for so long. You know. You want to see like my dad used to say this about. I remember Michael Jordan being my favorite player as a basketball player, right? And my dad's was Dr. J. And I remember he's like, well, you just hope, you know, Michael Jordan doesn't do what Dr. J did. I'm like, what's that? He goes, he, he held on way too long. Mm-hmm. We had a watch during his years where he wasn't the dude jumping over everybody and dunking all over everybody anymore. And um, and so that, that's that. he's one of the first athletes to play past his prime that way. Um, that people, many people remember that were huge, huge superstars. So wrestling, wrestling's kind of different, but we don't want to see that, right? Remember Undertaker with Goldberg? Like, we don't want to see that stuff, not because it's not good, but because we have huge influence. There were huge influences to all of us as fans, me as a wrestler eventually one day, um, grew up idolizing these guys so i just i will never forget like the later the later the last matches of rick flair and hulk hogan and impact and there was a lot of good stuff with the younger talent happening there but oh, when they had rick flair in one of those matches at impact so while i was ecstatic rick flair freaking picked me to work and let me go over on him it was awesome yeah. but you don't think like you know i didn't want to see my idol like that in that kind of state same with hulk even to some extent well, they had them yeah. all bloody. I mean, Ric Flair was still, you know, still doing his thing. And I just, it was like, yeah. 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 Just as a fan, the fan in you, the kid in you doesn't want to see that. Right. You want to see your, your hero go out on top in, the, in in their prime. That's the hardest thing about wrestling, though. Nobody seems to stick to that. That's true. There's always that one um, more match mentality. What's with Edge? Edge is 46 years old. If he comes back on Sunday, I mean. I don't get 
has he got to prove, man? What a career. I know we got cut short, but like yeah. he's won everything. He's one of the most successful wrestlers of all time when you break it down. Title wins, when you break down the number of titles he's won, man. And then Raj, when I said that last week, Raj goes, oh, he's probably coming because he wants that. Um, him and Glenn said that. What do you call it? Money. Um, Media money or? Pay-per-view. What's it called? No. Overseas money. What the hell is it Oh, uh, he wants that Saudi Arabia, the crown jewel money. He said. You Tyson Fury got paid $15 million for that appearance. How much? $15 million Tyson Fury did to wrestle Braun Strowman last year overseas. $15 million. What the fuck? So, anyway. On that note. Make, how much did he make in Deontay Wilder fight, you know? I have no idea. I don't know. I mean, take it. And, and that match with Braun was not long. It was like five minutes. I mean, God, pay me $15 million. I'll wrestle Braun Strowman for real. and Get my ass kicked. <laughs> oh. So, anyway. Join us back here. We'll be here tomorrow night after Worlds Collide, me, Glenn, um, and uh, we'll be be joining you, updating all that. Sunday night, be back here for the post-game show. Matt Morgan, Raj Geary, and Glenn Rubenstein. Um, and that pretty much does it for us. So thank you all for joining us in the chat room. If you liked what we did here, please click that like button on YouTube. Give us a rating. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're listening to us on audio, we are on Stitcher. We are on iTunes Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you can find us. Please give us a rating and a review. They both help us out and help the good word get get us help us get the good word out. And then come Monday, this is a quick plug here. We'll be debuting um, our new podcast, an entirely new feed. It is the Wrestling Inc. Daily. Uh, managing editor Nick Hosman will be leading that show every day of the week. All the news you can use. Um, I will be on there Mondays with Nick. Um, so we are getting that off the ground. So please subscribe to that. You can find us on Twitter for that as well. And that is at Wink Daily on Twitter. He is BP Matt Morgan. I am at The Real Wiseman. Thank you, guys. We will catch you here, right here, next time on Wrestling Inc. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.